Hello everybody and welcome to Eminem Podcast version of the Canberra Football Show, episode 15. Another massive show. We're, we're not far off the finals now and I've brought in some of the big guns for it. Russ Gibbs, how's it going today? Glad to have you back. Really good to be back. Thanks for having me again, Matt. Always enjoy it. I can't believe it's episode 15. Oh, it's incredible. It only felt like, I don't know, a couple of days ago where we were over there in the in the corner and, uh, and uh, getting ready for this season that we thought wasn't going to last three or four weeks. And now we've gone the whole way. And um, one person, a person I've been a pleasure to meet over that process is uh, Jeremy McGann. Jeremy, how's it going today? Good. How are you, Matt? Thanks for having me back here. End of the, end of the short season already. Looking forward to the final, but not looking forward to missing football after that. Uh, in, well, in, in terms of you, you won't be missing football. I want to give you another plug again for your Farmers Corner podcast. All things French football, Ligue 1. I heard there was a bit of a bit of a disruption today to the end of one massive game. I did, yeah. There was a bit of, bit of fighting, wasn't there? I watched a little bit of it this morning. Talk us through it, Jeremy. It's just a bit of hugging and brushing between, between <laughs> Paris and Marseille. You know, Marseille hadn't won against Paris in, uh, in nine years, and this morning they did win. You know, five red cards in the last three minutes. <laughs> Uh, that's what you expect from the most watched French game in the world, right? And Paris Saint-Germain in the bottom three. That's that's. Yeah, you'll be talking about that in your podcast. A bit more about that in the French podcast. I'm trying to be neutral in the podcast, but <laughs> right, I, you'll, you'll be, be smiling. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you already admitted on your podcast that you're a, you're a Marseille fan anyway. Definitely. All uh, things are, but yeah, but like you can find them on Spotify, iTunes, and um, Thanks, Captivate. Is it? Captivate. Captivate, yeah. Yep. Uh, as well as us, we are now officially on iTunes and Spotify as well. So uh, you can uh, go us, uh, go and follow us there. Or you can stick on SoundCloud as well. That's the one you have to pay for anyway to get them up there. So uh, <laughs> that would be appreciated also. <laughs> All right. So let's get straight into MPL1, shall we? The top four uh, final series. We'll start with a bit of an upset win. We've got Tigers 2-1 over Belconnen. McCaw with the... Luca McCaw with the goal for Belconnen United and... Kita and Ola Rigby with the goals for Tigers FC. It's a massive win for Tigers. This puts them in the hunt for, for a finals berth. They needed a win in this one to stay alive, and they got it. They now maybe have a little bit of momentum, I would say, heading into Gungahlin. Uh, however, Gungahlin, as we'll mention a little later on, uh, desperately need a win. Balkonon, I think, will be a little disappointed with this uh, defeat, of course. This, uh, needs, this means they actually need to go and beat Camp Croatia on the final day to secure a finals berth. Russ, what were your thoughts on this one? Um, uh, quite an interesting result. It was a bit of a surprise if you took the previous games into consideration. I mean, the fact that Belconnen had played them a few weeks earlier at the AS and comprehensively beat them 2-0, and it could have been a lot more. And Tigers were on a terrible run of form. But um, we mentioned before, it depends what Tigers you get. And they needed a bit of a break, and they got one on the weekend when Phil Bourgeau uh, made a bit of an uncharacteristic error. And Michael Kitter scored, and he doesn't get many. That's only his second NPL goal, and he took it really, really well. Um, they needed that break, and once they got there, Ryan Grogan's side suddenly looked a different outfit. And they did this last year. They lost, they lost four or five of their last um, games towards the end of last season. And when it comes finals time, they managed to pick up a couple of wins and make their way to the grand final. So you wouldn't bet against them, but they were they were worth their win on the weekend. Although um, Belconnen had chances as well, um, not as many as they created against Gungahlin the week before. Um, but Paul McCall will be a little bit disappointed that they've not got the three points on the bag and given themselves a better op- opportunity to make the grand final. Yeah, well, that's that was going to be my next question. Is there going to be a lot of pressure on uh, McCall to get a result against Canberra Croatia? Now, it's easy to say that Canberra Croatia might not, um, you know, might not, uh, the energy might not be there because they've already made the final, but it's all about momentum as well and they haven't lost a game at all this season so yeah. maybe that would that would help them as well Look, I think pressure's relative 
Um, it depends on what what the his his um, board have said to him what they want from this season. I think to be honest, this season's been one of those strange seasons where whatever you get out of it is a bit of a bonus. Um, I think the the more more to the fact was I think they were in with a shout of of that three points on the weekend. They would have looked at that one and gone out of the three games they're playing. That's probably one we can maybe pencil in because we've had a good performances against Tigers this year. Didn't happen for them. Not to say it's not going to. They've got a really settled side and they'll push Canberra Croatia on the weekend and we'll come to that a bit later on. And I think that will depend entirely on what Dini Greenwich does with his team. What, what do you think about this result, Jeremy? Yeah, I think that was that was very good for the Tigers to be able to get uh, that win. And, and yeah, I guess a little bit surprising, but it's like you said, Russ, what we can expect from the Tigers. Uh, again, this weekend will be interesting because, you know, Canberra Croatia, if they do lose to Belconen, then they play each other again in the grand final. So that's very, very good momentum for Belconen if they do win Canberra Croatia before they face them again. And Canberra Croatia won't want to let that one go, I think. Yeah, I think it depends who 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 you who would you want in the grand final. Would you want to play Belconen United again a week after they've beaten you, even if you play a weekend side, a side that you struggled to get past in, in the regular season, two injury time goals, late ones, gave them a 3-2 win. And Belconen got a great record against Canberra Deakin at... Uh, um, Camera Croatia rather at Deakin Stadium so who would you rather or would you rather a team you've just put five past and, and looked very much in control against well that, that is a question I guess I'll ask you a, a little bit later on but what do you see um, what do you see happening on the uh, on the final day with the uh, Balkan and the Tigers Russ from what you've seen so far of course sorry to put you on the spot so we talk, <laughs> talking the, the Tigers versus yeah. Gungarland game yeah um, I think Gungarland will have too much for the Tigers on the weekend. Ryan Grogan's side will, will fight all the way. I think they, they're a very good football side and they've got a bit of momentum behind them. They've got a lot of experience. I think just the movement and the ability that, that Gungarland have got, I'm sure we'll touch on it in a bit by the Canberra-Croatia game. They, they shipped five. They could have had three or four themselves and they did that the previous week against Belconnen as well. They were a bit dodgy at the back, but they could have had three or four again. Now the question is, have if they do get two or three goals, have Tigers got it in them to get two or three themselves? Um, from what I've seen over the last four or five weeks, probably not. Um, both goals they got on the weekend were courtesy of errors. Jordan Thurtell's made an error. He hasn't probably made one like that in, in numerous, numerous years. Um, but Tigers do have the ability. They've got players like Alex Olerubi, Mark Shields in there, that can Sam Whittier, that can score goals. Um, so you wouldn't put it past them, but my gut feeling, if I was a betting man, and I'm not, would be <laughs> put the money on Gungahlin United because I think they'll, they'll, they'll want to have a... Um, some sort of response to what happened to them on the weekend as well. That would have hurt. And not just that, if you also put aside, like Frank Kesha mentioned on the show when he's here a couple of weeks back, if you put aside the um, the 3-0 they re- uh, result that they got that was originally a draw, they haven't won a match since they versed the Tigers, I think, in round four, which actually makes it pretty interesting considering the last thing they beat was the Tigers. Yeah, Gungarland. I mean, they've, they've not won, like you said, for, for five or five games now, and that's unheard of for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know whether that's a, a question of whether they've been hyped up too much. Maybe we've built them up too much. Um, I, I happen to think we haven't. I think they're a decent football side. It's just that momentum and lots of changes. Uh, the sides that have done well this season, you look at Belcon and they've had a very settled outfit. You look at Canberra Croatia, they've had a very settled outfit. And I don't know what you think, Jeremy, but Marcel Munoz is juggling his squad. He's giving everyone game time. That, that doesn't help the cohesion, does it? Is his team built for a longer season? And we discussed that early, earlier uh, this, this year as well. Uh, probably, and I think maybe, I don't know if it's an, an excess of confidence, but coming out as champion, thinking that every single player can play to the level that Marcel Minos expects, uh, potentially. Uh, yeah, I don't see them losing against the Tiger. Probably just 
by because of pride, you know, you you're in the final four and you've drawn the first one, you got uh, you know you got smashed on the second game. Uh, you don't want to go out with only a point. Uh, so yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting because if they do win against the Tiger, they have a chance to defend their. Crown oh, you wouldn't. You wouldn't bet against them, would you? Mm -hmm. You wouldn't bet against them going going sure. putting in a performance if they got there on Grand Final day as well. And. Uh, mentioning Gungarland, they did, of course, lose to Canberra-Croatia 5-0. Very, very impressive win for the reigning, uh, I was about to say, the reigning league leaders at the moment. Um, of course, they're undefeated this season, just like their MPLW team, like we'll mention in a bit. So a very good year so far for Canberra-Croatia senior sides. Um, however, the question I have for you, Russ, is everyone has said that they've yet to play to their full potential. Is it fair to say that they played to their full potential against Gungarland 5-0? Scarily enough for everybody else in the league, I think there's still a bit more to come. Oh, there we go. Um, I, I actually really do. I think they played in patches again on the weekend. Um, they were 4-0 up in 20 minutes and or 25 minutes, and they, they, were, they were in really good form. Uh, in the second half, no matter how you go out for a game, you're 4-0 up, it's in the back of your mind. You're maybe not play, playing to your full potential. Uh, they haven't put a 90-minute performance together. I think Dini Grinch will admit that, admit that as well. But they got five on the weekend, and they could have had a lot more. Daniel Balach could have had five himself. Josh Laguda made a couple of outstanding saves um, in the Gungarland goal. And that was the one that, that Balach hit, that hit Jeremy Habtamarin and came back off the crossbar. There was numerous chances for other players as well. And in saying that, as I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, Gungarland did open up Canberra Croatia a couple of times. Michael John had a, a couple of opportunities. Felipe Bernabo Madrid forced a couple of saves out of Sam Brown too. So it wasn't all doom and gloom for, for, uh, for Gungarland United. I happen to think, and I've mentioned it in the commentary at the time, that maybe there was a little bit of an undertone from last year where Gungarland United destroyed Canberra FC as they were then at the AAS. They beat them 5-0. It was the most comprehensive display I've seen um, in a long time. They dominated the possession stats. I mean, it would have been something like about 70 to 30. It was ridiculous. And they had 100 chances and they could have had a lot more than five. Um, whether That would have stunned Canberra Croatia. Um, I think those players that were involved there would have, would have carried that into that match on the weekend. And you saw there were some undertones to that game. There was a feistiness in there. There was some stuff going on off the ball that you just saw that, yeah, these sides don't like each other much on the park. Yeah, I think you could see that Canberra Croatia was bringing that physicality and that intensity to, to dominate on and off the ball, uh, like you said. But it, it could have been such a different um, scenario, you know, if uh, Filippo Menabo Madrid uh, passed a cutback instead of trying to shoot that very first occasion he has, could, could, be, a, could be a goal for Gangalen. Uh, so Canberra Croatia definitely showed their killer instinct in the box, uh, and uh, and it'll be interesting to see if they do meet again in the grand final. Um, that those beautiful undertones. <laughs> mentioned that Nico Oida was absolutely outstanding again. He's been my standout player this year. I think he's been brilliant. And Frank Asia mentioned the same thing. And he led by example, um, scored a goal. A bit fortunate way of winning from a yard or two once it hit him. But yeah, he was just brilliant all the way through. And. The, just the way he, he links with Daniel Colbertaldo and the, the movement that they bring to the game. It's a, it's a pleasure to watch, to be honest. And uh, whilst it's probably not fun for Marcel Munoz to sit there and watch it in his team, it was, it was great for the neutrals to sit there and go, wow, this is, this is, this is good football. And indeed. And, um, of course, their week, match on the weekend will be against Belconnen. Canberra, Croatia already confirmed for the final. How do you see this one playing out against Belconnen, Russ? Canberra, Croatia, Belconnen... Yep. Um, yeah, it all depends on the mood that Canberra Croatia are in and what side they select on the weekend. Um, if they play their full side, they, they probably win the game. But will they? I don't think they would. Would you rest your players? Um, would you risk players getting injured or suspended um, for that? They don't need to win the game. They're there. 
there may be an opportunity for some of those players that have not had many minutes this year. Um, Nick Bobolas uh, maybe will play a full game. Matt Gerbisher will probably get another another 90 minutes. And it's about Dom Gianpaolo. It's been on the bench recently. Nico Kalfas is just coming back from injury. So we might see these players that we haven't seen much of uh, come come into the side on the weekend. And what we talked about with the cohesion of the lineup may come back to bite them there again. So it all depends. And Bacconi United have that greater need and that greater desire. They must win. In saying that, though, it'll all depend what happens the 90 minutes before. If Katagas win and they're in the grand final, then it'll just be a kick around. How about you, Jeremy? I, I think... Kimbra Croatia probably also have in the back of their mind, do we want to go for a perfect season? Do we want to go undefeated um, season and championship series? But um, like Russ just said, and I agree a lot with that, if the game before Turgonong wins, it's just going to be a, another little friendly to finish the season. And that that is the top four uh, done and dusted for this week. Now we've got the, um, the bottom four playoff. Tyrone United lost to Canberra Olympic 2-1. Kelly and Turek with the goals and then Slavich with the goal for Tyrone United. It's a good win for Olympic. It puts themselves, along with Woden, in the driving seat to make that uh, the, the, the final playoff. Um, Tyrone, with his loss, can't make the final um, whatsoever. Russ, you commentate this one. What were your thoughts on it? Canberra Olympic were very good, and I think they, they made a lot of changes. They gave a lot of debuts to young players. James Crawford came in. Um, Chris Ray started as well, and Kale Brown started at fullback. So three youngsters started, and then they brought three more off the bench um, in Will Buckmaster, um, Luca Uschlerbrücke, and um, oh, I can't name forgets me. I forget the name of the third lad, sorry. Um, but they're having the, the six guys, the young guys in that team. It, it was incredible to watch them play, and they brought that enthusiasm and that that real belief that they, they belong at that level and Tuggerong didn't start playing until they scored at the end and you know they didn't show enough going forward they didn't create enough and they didn't have enough chances and, and that's been the story for them all season Olympic got the win that they deserved on the day whether they'll uh, they want to play in the 5-8 place playoff final is open to debate but they've got no players at the moment standing all their first grade players are out injured or unavailable and they're relying on the youngsters um, Ben Carling was the other guy <laughs> I couldn't remember um, sorry Ben but he came on and had a good, good performance in midfield as well. So I, I, hope to, I hope we see a lot of those young boys again next week um, because it's the future of the club and it's great to see them coming through. Although I guess that's a bit of an issue as well because most of those young boys would also have been sort of backing up or at least playing a half in 23s as well. Oh, and, they, and they lost on the weekend. Um, so I guess it's sort of this balancing act that right now for them. Some of them played 180 minutes the day before. Mm. Some of them played in the under-18s and in the under-23s for Canberra Olympic the day before, two full games, and then backed up for another at least 45 minutes um, on the Sunday, which is incredible. I mean, when you've got that flush of youth, you don't feel it too much, do you? I mean, Tony Spaseski for the Tigers has done the same thing over the last two weeks. Him and Gabe Cole... Spaseski played 90 minutes on Saturday, Gabe Cole played about 75, and they both played full 90 for the 23s on Sunday. So they, those players, if you've got the engine and you know you can recover, I don't think it hurts them too much, but more football the better, I guess. Mm -hmm. Thoughts on this one, Jeremy? Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with, with Russ as far as the, the young players bringing that energy and bringing that enthusiasm that um, you know maybe, maybe the injuries for Canberra Olympic uh, came at the right time um, because those young players really brought what was needed to to beat the Turgonong side and to uh, you know to get themselves into a semi-final against one of our Panthers this weekend. And um, the other match you just mentioned, Monaro Panthers. And the other match was Woden Weston, uh, who defeated Monaro Panthers two-one. 
Uh, Vaslovsky with uh, a brace, and then Adam Now with a very good goal. I rate that goal um, quite a lot. It, like, it's another good win for Woden Western. Like I said, this takes their run of results um, to being undefeated in the last four matches, picking up three out uh, three out of those four were wins. Uh, it makes you, once again, it's a recurring question, but it makes you think what could have been for them if this season was a little bit longer, because they've definitely got quite a lot of momentum at the moment. Now, on the other hand, they could still make the playoff final despite this defeat if they beat Olympic next week. Russ, um, what do you think about this one? Incredible turnaround from Yudi to Silva. I mean, this is the best run that Woden Western have been on since 2013. Four games unbeaten, and, and I spoke to Yuli today, and he said, "Well, it's not a very high bar that we've had to beat, but um, it's, it's very still, it, yeah, it's still something to be proud of. I mean, the, the fact that you've had seven years of football between then and now, and, and nobody that's come before you has been able to string together unbeaten four matches um, to do it in such a short space of time is good. And it's not just that they're playing. You look at it: there's two games against Canberra Olympic in there. There's a game against Tigers in there as well. So it's not as if they're just saying, "Oh, it's the bottom four comp." I mean, Frank mentioned this to me in the week, and he's like, people are saying that, and it's just not the case. I mean, we talked about it off air, going, they've, they've actually performed that well that you could put them on the field against anybody at the moment, and they'll fancy their chances. And and why not? I mean, I thought they took their goals well on the weekend. Blaise Vlaslovsky scored two crackers. Could have had a third with a header as well. Um, they, the introduction of the Barisic boys has made a big difference to that side as well. Marte and Nicola have been brilliant. And uh, Jay Selden's just been outstanding. He hasn't got himself a goal yet, but his work rate is, is just tireless and phenomenal. And yeah, they, they'll be they'll be happy that the way they're going, they're going to um, play this weekend. They're in with a shout to, to keep that run going and get to their 5v8 place playoff final. And I think they can be very proud of what they've done. Would you say it means more? It's hard to it's hard to just assume this stuff. But would you say it means a little more to them, considering how they started the season and considering how they've been recently than the, than the rest of the clubs? Look, I think most of us have been a little bit. Um, have denigrated the 5-8th to eighth place competition a little bit for what it is but as a f- ex-footballer myself and, and as anybody that's played the game at any level will tell you might be a pre-season friendly might be a World Cup final the build-up will be different obviously but once you cross that line it doesn't matter you're just switching to gear and you're not thinking in the back of my head this is a friendly you're thinking oh this is 5v8 you're thinking I've got to make that ball I've got to get there and get that goal so I don't think it makes a lot of difference to be perfectly honest um, as I said Yuli's boys can be pretty proud They'll, the, for them now as you said momentum keep building on and keep doing what they're doing and hopefully next season if we get a full 21 round competition and they can kick on and Monero can kick on and Tuggeron can we're going to have a really good scrap for that top four and conversely for who stays up and let's hope that is the case as well in terms of um, promotion also which we'll mention in MPL2 a little bit later Jeremy your thoughts on this one before we move on to MPLW yeah I think it's great to see how Wooden Western has, um, has travelled this season and you know you talked about the Barisic boys uh, quite a few under 23 as well play, playing both uh, under 23 and first grade and, and making a real difference um, it, it, was, it was good to see them playing this weekend uh, I was looking at the ladder a bit earlier and seeing that they can actually still miss out on the final if Tugran Hong wins 1-0 while uh, 2-0 sorry while Monaro Panthers win only 1-0 against Olympic with the goal difference you could have Monaro Panthers Olympic twice in a row You've got to say Panthers run lucky as well. They've hit the, the Woolwork three times on the weekend. They hit the Woolwork three times last week as well. I, mean, I don't know what they've done down at the Riverside, whether the goals are a little <laughs> bit smaller. But, I mean, there was one shot with Sam Smith hit in the second half, which William Lejeune's pushed up onto the underside of his own bar and out for a corner. And it just, I don't know how it didn't go in. And there was a couple of others. Even when they scored, they hit the post. And it's just, <laughs> they just <laughs> need to aim a little bit either side and they'll be okay. I, 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 do, I do actually remember you saying that now on commentary. Yeah, it was insane. I couldn't understand how it didn't go in. It defied the laws of physics, I think I said. And it was, I think Sam Smith's still trying to figure out how it didn't go in either. He's, actually, he's hit the post about four times himself. 
Uh, it's their home ground as well, so you would hope they get a little more luck there next well, their season. Well, rec- their record there is terrible. Yeah. They, I think they've got one win in about 12 there at uh, their home ground, and every game's been kind of close, but, um, you know, that win was against Tuggerong, I think, a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, they need to improve on that a little bit, but they're heading in the right direction. All right, so the fixtures for next week's MPL 1 uh, final series round three is Gungahlin United, like we said, versus T- uh, Tigers FC, Saturday, 1.30pm at Deakin Stadium. Then we've got Canberra Croatia versus Belconnen United, Saturday, 3.45 at Deakin Stadium, of course, commentated by Russ here and Frank Keisha. There might be someone else in the mix. No, right Frank's, this Frank's on the double this weekend. Okay. Um, he's, he's booked himself in for 1.30, 3.45. He's got a bit of scouting work to do, probably. His mega team, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then the and then the uh, bottom four playoff. We've got Canberra Olympia versus Monaro Panthers uh, Sunday, one thirty at Riverside Football Stadium with Frank. I'm assuming again, and then Tuggeron United versus Woden Western Sunday, three forty-five at Riverside Football Stadium. I'm assuming that would be with Lachlan Roberts, the last one. To be confirmed. To be confirmed. Yeah. Well, there we go. Grace Gill's keen to put a head, uh, head uh, hand in the mix again, but I don't know when they're playing this week. So are they on Sunday? The, the women's Sunday, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I don't think that'll be Sunday possible. Yeah. So. Wow, we could, we could, could do both, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it is time for MPLW. Um, Jeremy, just like a couple of weeks ago when we had Russ and Frank on the show, I want to do something similar with you in terms of the MPLW competition. First, though, let's just go through the games and we'll sort of go, delve into the same topics that happened before. First, we've got Canberra Olympic, who defeated Talgarong 6-0 to uh, confirm their place in the finals. Uh, Cockham... Uh, with two goals, Beg with two goals, and Cook with a penalty, as well as Croker, 6-0. Like I said, uh, Olympic only needed a draw to make it, but they got the win instead. Ashley Sykes, Angelica, Pahina were still out for this clash, and it's still not confirmed. They're trying as hard as they can uh, to make it to the fi- uh, to the semi-final on Sunday. Um, that was the update I, uh, I received. So, Jeremy, what were your thoughts on this match? Ah, well, great game and congratulations to Olympic making it the final after uh, after being wooden spoon last season. Uh, I think we, we've seen what we've, we are getting used to see now from Canberra Olympic. Nicole Beg is just putting on a all over the start sheet uh, and really, really bringing those girls to a, to a different level. Uh, I mean, you know, Louise Cockham struggled to score a little bit earlier in the season and now she scores two and gives an assist as well. Um, Lara Burdett was, was amazing in the midfield. I think it's it's a great group of girls that Andrew Woodman has and he's definitely proud of them. And we've just seen two goals without Ash Sykes, two games, sorry, without Ash Sykes, which we all thought, how are they going to score besides that? And they had a great game against um, Belconnen and now they've just they've just sort of disposed quite easily of Togrenong. Uh, Togrenong was, was just really taken cold, right? A goal, a goal after two minutes and then a couple of goals in the first 20. Without Emma Stenbury, you could see that Turgonong was struggling to find that midfield to forward um, transition. Uh, and then once once you're done pre null at halftime, it's a bit harder to, to come back to it. Uh, but well done to, to Canberra Olympic, making it to the final and uh, ready to face Canberra Croatia this weekend. Yeah, that was the question everyone was asking, wasn't it? Can they can they put the performance in when Ash Sykes wasn't there? Because it's quite easy to say, yes, it's been the Sykes Beg show, blah, blah, blah. But and they've scored the majority of the goals but you you guys have watched a lot of it as well and, and you know it, that's not the case it's not just those two that are doing the work there's plenty of others that are putting their hands up and playing some good football as you mentioned on the weekend they're three up in 20 minutes the game's done isn't it I've noticed that with Nicole Beck she scores quite a lot early 
and then she just like pick, packs up the stumps and goes my job's done <laughs> and then helps to helps to pass them around but it's like you said nice to see Louise Cockham get on the score sheet a couple of her first Premier League goals um, one of them is an absolute cracker as well and mm-hmm. yeah tug along United battle gamely but you know once you're three down early doors it's it's really hard and I guess one of the positives I have mentioned a few times on the show is the defensively the last couple of weeks I feel like they have improved as well which is something that we we were, we asked before the Belconnen game they're putting quite a good defensive performance against Belconnen I know they lost that one but they did quite, put in quite a good performance and of course today they didn't let it didn't concede a goal either and I think that's um, that's good momentum for them heading into Canberra Croatia who we know can score a lot of goals and have scored a lot of goals against Canberra Olympic so far this season so any other thoughts on this game before we uh, move on Jeremy? No I, I, I agree with you the, the defence is getting better and I think that game against Canberra Croatia specifically uh, taught that lesson to um, to Hemmings and uh, and Cook and Farrar in the back four that you have to mark a little bit closer and you can't give any space to this kind of talented player and they've done that really well against Balcon and I'm looking forward to see what they do this and, weekend. Yeah, and best of luck to uh, Pehina and Sykes. Hopefully um, for Olympic they can um, make it back for this semi-final. Shout out to Stanton, the goalkeeper who's replacing Angelica Pahina, teenager. Uh, having a cracking game against Belconen last week and, uh, and again really good against well, Togonong this weekend in, indeed uh, well done to her is she the one that came on against Canberra United Academy when we yeah, called them yeah that last minute uh-huh. that was her first five minutes she got the last five minutes of that game Mm-mm-mm. and uh, now she's playing uh, quite a bit she so it must be great she was amazing against Belconen and uh, next up we have Canberra Croatia versus Gungahlin United you and I called this one Jeremy absolutely cracking game one of the best games we've called all season filled with two goals Gil with an absolute cracker which you can see on Russ's Facebook page. <laughs> and um, uh, Gungahlin United uh, scored one goal with Aitolu in the 10th minute. Like we said, two goals in the first 10 minutes, uh, Jeremy. Like I said, absolutely cracking. It started with a lot of intense. It started with a lot of intensity. It started very quickly. Uh, we said it on commentary quite a few times. It was one of those matches where both sides sort of were capitalizing on each other's uh, mistakes or each other's openings, which, which to me sort of shows how good these two teams are when they have to look for those little openings and they have to take advantage of it immediately. Um, eight wins out of eight, as I'm sure you're about to say now, for Canberra Croatia, fantastic season for them. I mentioned Grace Gill, fantastic goal. Uh, Gungahlin United, I feel, though, shouldn't hold their heads down. I, I thought they had a very good performance. And you, I think you asked me on commentary, Jeremy, like, what could they have done to uh, not concede? I'm like, well, to be fair, there's not much they could have done. It was... It was just very quickly, and Grace Gill putting her, her skill in there. Like, um, but it was like, like I said, it was very quick. There's not really much they could have done in terms of those two goals, anyway. What did you think about the um, overall uh, game? Absolute cracker. Eh? Yeah, yeah, great game. A bit of a, uh, a bit of a scrappy one in the midfield because both teams were so strong and and keen to to close on each other. I think, uh, like we discussed off mic, uh, Legends and Percival did a great job. Uh, preventing Grace Gill from getting the balls early on and then you know as soon as there's one mistake made uh, Canberra Croatia makes you pay straight away uh, and that's what that's what um, I exchanged a few messages with Diego Iglesias that's what he was a bit sad about you know the first goal uh, Tonini looks like she has it and then she bundles it up uh, the the second goal um, you know Grace Gill scored a great goal but obviously Percival doesn't anticipate that she's going to drag back so then it's easier for Grace to to find a place and the third goal is a cross that's deflected and 
lands in, in Gracefield's feet. So, you know, they are a bit unlucky in, this, in the process. Gungalin, mind you, Gungalin's goal is a mistake from Rachel, uh, Ryan and Fenson as well. Uh, so I think we could see how good the teams was. Uh, watching the game again at night when I was, I was talking with both Nick and, and Diego, um, you could see that both of them weren't very happy with how the passing game wasn't as good as you expect it to be, especially in the midfield because they are probably expecting too much of each other. Um, it looked like a preview of a grand final and, I, and I'm looking forward to see if they can uh, both make it to the grand final because they've shown a lot of promises uh, and, uh, and that, that youth and that, that pace and that intensity uh, brought by Gongalin this season is something that is very good to see. Yeah, massive credit to both sides for playing what was effectively um, almost dead rubber um, and giving it what they gave them. Going back to what I talked about five, five or six minutes ago about once you cross that line, it doesn't really matter. And, and yeah, probably the result we expected, we thought Canberra Croatia were going to win. And they've got that ability to do what they did in the second half where they go bang, bang, and they take the game away from you. And it's really difficult then. But Gongalin hung in there. Um, and they were more than more than worth their, their draw at that stage, and it took a piece of magic from Grace Gill to break them down. That we mentioned before, and we've mentioned this all season, that we think Garland are a decent side, and they've got a really good crack at this. Um, Canberra Croatia obviously are the favourites for this competition, and quite rightly so. You don't win eight games in a row without being a very good team. But Gungarland United have enough quality in that team, also a fair bit of quality on the bench now, which um, which they didn't have perhaps in a few seasons ago, and they've got that they can bring on. And maybe that's where they're going to be better as well. And they can keep really push on this weekend and, and give it a, a red hot go. And in a one-off game, anything can happen in their match with Belcon. If you, if you want to call them bench and starting lineup this weekend against Canberra Croatia, um, Diego sort of rested a couple of girls. Uh, mind you, Ruby Gambale, who, who played right back, just completely shut down Brittany Palombi. And that's the point, isn't it? You've got those players that you can bring in and you're confident of playing them because you know that they're good enough to look after them and do the job that you want them to do. And, and maybe maybe a few years ago, they didn't have that. But now they have. And, and we're seeing that across the board in the Women's National Premier League this year, that the, the quality is improving because the players that are coming through the system are more comfortable on the ball. They're better. They're getting better coached as well. And when they're getting to first grade level, they bring that technique with them. And that gives you a squads where they were, before there'd be about 11 decent players. Now you've got 16, 17, mm -hmm. 18. And there's a whole raft of them coming through in the junior levels as well. It's, big, it's good times. You mentioned that with Gumbale. And, um, and let's not forget, uh, Steph Legions has only really been centre back for the last what two games because game, yeah. we saw her against when we called the Woden game uh, when when Dee Sudu got injured she came in her place and in the space of two two matches she is it seems like she's been there for all season because she was absolutely fantastic Gill did not get especially in that first bit of the second half she did not get really any room at all on on Gill's left side she needed to go to the right side where Legions wasn't there to do her piece of magic Every even though she's not as big as Gill she's not as strong as Gill she constantly stayed on and constantly stayed on. I probably haven't been more impressed with a singular performance all season than I have with Steph Legions on the weekend. She did fantastic. And I think a bit of credit that might go to the Cambridge United Academy structure where she's come through. She, I did a lot of games with her where she played at fullback, and there's other games where she's rotated around that, and they do that in the Cambridge United Academy. They make them more comfortable in places. We've seen it this year. We've talked about it this year, about Hayley Taylor-Young and the way that they're moving her around. And I think they become super confident on the ball uh, whichever position you put them in and, and she's an absolute standout I think that's a great signing we mentioned that in the preview show 14 episodes ago whatever <laughs> it would have been now and, and we mentioned it was a good signing and, and a good pick up and her energy and her drive and vision and she can pass the ball as well and yeah the whole package I think very good play and moving out 
good segue uh, to uh, Canberra United, who got a fan uh, United Academy who got a fantastic win against Belconnen, two-one. Taylor Young, like you mentioned, with a goal. Hunt as well, and then uh, Jaloka with a goal for Belcon United. Uh, going into this one, CA knew that they couldn't mathematically they couldn't make the top four due to Olympics win the previous day. That didn't sway them though from putting in a good performance. And after the match, you could see the scenes. They were uh, this was clearly a very big deal to them for the, to to beat uh, Belcon United. And Belcon uh, United on the other hand on the other hand those. Um, suffered their second defeat of the season. Um, and it probably doesn't bode well for their momentum heading into the finals. However, Gungala did lose as well, so, and that's who they're going to face. So it's probably even there, to be fair, to uh, Belconnen United in terms of momentum. But uh, Jeremy, what were your thoughts on this one? Big win for Canberra United Academy. Yeah, exactly. And, and I was texting you while the game was going on. Uh, I felt a bit bittersweet for Canberra United Academy because the, the intensity that they brought during that game and how well they just prevented Belconnen from playing, if you had seen that a bit more in the first seven rounds you'd see them in the finals for sure they, they were exactly what they showed in the first game and in the second game uh that they had a bit of a hard time getting on with in, in the other games um you know sasha grove was really good at organizing the game and um Heli taylor young we know is relentless in the way she works and she w- she was everywhere on the pitch uh, i think it was a very good game i think um Canberra united academy won and and Belconen also lost uh there was maybe a little bit a little bit of a lack of intensity coming from the coming from the champions, uh, which uh, which I'm sure Ahmed Ugul and, and his captains and captains are going to work on this week to make sure they bring it up for for the the semi-final against Gungalin. Uh, but yeah, great result for for Canberra United Academy and, and great goals. You know that header from Hedidio Young is perfectly glanced and uh, and Anahan is scoring a great goal as well. I'm gonna say that I mean, irrespective of which side Belcon United put out, for me, this is this is one of the results of the season. I think that is a fantastic performance from the Camera Academy to get a result against a Belcon United side that has barely lost a game in about ten years of football. Um, you know, they lost to Canberra Croatia earlier in the season. Yeah, you can probably think that's that's probably fair because Canberra Croatia are the standout side this year. But to to get a result against Belcon, this Belcon side, and in the manner in which they did it as well, showed a huge amount of endeavour. Um, and you've seen Camion to the academy. They're young players. You wanted to see how they responded. They scored a great guy, as you said, through Haley Taylor Young. It was a beautiful header. They, they shipped an equaliser within about five minutes. And you're thinking, well, hang on a minute. They're young kids. How are they going to respond to this? Credit to them. They just upped the intensity again. And the winning goal, um, super strike from Anna Hunt. And I'm just really excited to see. It's disappointing they're not going to be in the top four. But I'm really excited to see how these young players progress in their career now. Because there's a lot of these that are being in the first year of their of their Canberra United um, uh, you know lifetime if you like and some of them are progressing into the second second year of it but it's a really good group Scott O'Donnell's got them playing as you'd expect Canberra United Academy players to be playing there's no bad footballers in there um, fantastic to them you, and as you said you could see that what it meant to them uh, the stacks on when Anna Hunt scored <laughs> and the full-time scenes and that's why we love football it, it's an upset um, Balcon United will be hurt um, but somewhere deep down, those players that you, the, the, the W League players in there that they play, like Jess Ra- uh, Jesse Rashar, Catherine Brown, and those who began while we were there once as well, so they can understand exactly what the, what it means to them. Thoughts on Belkan, Jeremy, before we move on? Yeah, I think they played well. I think, uh, and, and I said that to Ahmed, so I, I'll, I'll say it uh, live as well. I think they got away with a couple of uh, calls by the ref. I think that, that goal from Jaloka is maybe a little bit of a, of a foul on Isabel Davy. I think. Um, Clark could have gotten sent off for a foul on, on Anna Hunt who was going to go 1v1 versus Giovinazzo. So, so if, Gung, if, Gung, if, sorry, if Belkonen um, hadn't lost, 
uh, they would have felt really lucky uh, with the calls that they got. Um, like I said, we know how good they are. They probably just had to adjust uh, to life without Alexia Forner this weekend. Uh, and then they'll they'll be ready, I'm assuming, against Congalen. Yeah, and a shout out to Alexia Fauna. Wish her all the best in her recovery. That's not a good injury that she's had there. And, you know, it's going to be a while for she's back. But she's got um, a good group of people around her and a good mm-hmm. club to be involved with as well. So good luck to her. And let's hope that she gets back fit on, on the field soon. Yep, I agree. Uh, good luck to uh, Alexia Fauna there. She's been one of the standout players this season in uh, the MPLW. Now, last match of the round, Wagga City Wanderers with a fantastic 5-0 win over Woden Western. Lockley uh, with a really good free kick. And then we had Castle with two goals, Tuska and Vakari with a lob over the keeper. Sorry, did I get that wrong? Vakari <laughs> first and Tuska the last game. <laughs> <laughs> we had this conversation, didn't we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, uh, but like I said, it was a very impressive performance from Wagga. We've been talking about this um, this program and this uh, team that uh, Sam Gray is building, and this uh, sort of encapsulates what they've sort of been building to all the uh, the entire year, I guess. Um, White and Western, of course, were coming off the bye, but before the bye, they had a very, very good performance, probably one of the best singular performances I've seen uh, of the season uh, against Gungahlin United as a, as a team. Um, but they weren't able to put in that sort of performance here. Jeremy, what do you think about this one? Yeah, a great win by uh, Wagasti in the, the duel of the Wanderers. Um, I think with all due respect to Wooden Western, I, I think they didn't come prepared for what Wagasti Wanderers are. We, we've seen them playing all season. We've seen their intensity and how much they bring into the midfield. Um, and it looks like the the wooden side got frustrated early on. Uh, I mean, Vandenbroek was seen being at the 24th minute, um, and then there's a red card coming in the in early in the second half. Uh, I, I think it was it was definitely a great win by Wagga City, and we've seen that youth team and how I mean how much they brought to the competition. Uh, you know, I, I speak quite a bit with with Sam Gray. I was on the phone with him half an hour again this morning, uh, and, and he loves to develop those players and and to build a you know, a program that really puts them front and center. Uh, and, and you can see it, you can see it on the game, you know, um, when the free kick comes up, six or seven players are fighting to kick it and then Sam has to, to shout it's Pipers. Uh, and, and, and why not? <laughs> exactly, and why not, you know? Uh, per- perfect goal. Uh, but yeah, I think Wagga City has brought what we've seen them bringing. Uh, the pace up front, you know, within a minute, they were having their first uh, goal-scoring opportunity. Uh, then Wooden Western, I feel like there's a bit of bad luck as Posito injured herself in the second half. Um, the penalty kick, which is <coughs> fair, but wasn't good to start with. Um, and then that last goal by Avatoxar is just a worldly. Yeah, I'm pleased for Sam Gray and his Wagga City team. I think they're a better side than the results have shown this year. They're a very young group. They're going to regroup again uh, once um, this final series, or whatever you want to call it, is over. And I think, <laughs> hopefully, if you can keep it all together, and again, fingers crossed everything goes back to normal fairly soon we'll, and we can get a uh, full season again in for them next season they'll be a year older they'll be more experienced I, I, I like the look of Piper Lockley last year I thought she was a great footballer she's got great technique I think she can go a long way Megan Castle as well is a decent finisher um, love the way she takes her penalties if you get the chance to watch it <laughs> have a look on Cabo uh, Football YouTube they're almost unstoppable aren't they just drilled into the top corner so much confidence Balotelli-esque yeah, they're waiting to, honestly, the, the, uh, most time when you take a penalty, so you keep it low and you you know you, you take your time and you try and place it, and she just comes up and rifles it in the roof of the net. More Salah this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very, very good <laughs> hits. And and that was, uh, like you said, I think for Woden Western, it was one of those days, wasn't it? It's a long trip to go down there. You get your goalie off injured, you get a temporary dismissal, you get someone sent off. 
everything that could go wrong did go wrong for them. Um, but they've had their moment in the sun this year with that victory over Gungahlin, much deserved as well. And I think that's more of a reflection of what they are than, than what we saw on the weekend. And sure. Again, I think there'll be a better side for it next season. One of those days for them. Um, they, they're on the wrong end of a 5-0 scoreline, but congratulations to Wagga City. Okay, now that's um, all the matches wrapped up. Jeremy is uh, one of the uh, the main contributors to Capital Football's coverage of the MPLW. Uh, do you just want to just sort of delve into uh, what you thought about this season before we talk about the uh, the four uh, semi-finalists? Look, I think it was a great season. I think, uh, you know, not to wait for anyone, it was my first season looking at uh, Capital Football and, and what what the game is here and the women's game specifically uh, and I was told I remember the first game between Gungarin and uh, and Canberra Olympic I was told look at that Olympic team last season they were where they were and they've yep. recruited smartly and look at who they are now and you know the first girls that jumped were Sienna Farrar and, and uh, Ella Hemmings and from there on I've been impressed with with everyone I think uh, you know Canberra Croatia has definitely been a standout having a team that can to their own uh, accord, not play well, yet get the wins, um, is, is just credit to how much work they've been doing. And, and you know, it shows as well, a team that hasn't changed much, uh, a team that has kept their core uh, for several years, is going to perform. Uh, Bacon United were where we expected them uh, with the couple of, um, of changes that they had last season, maybe what caused them a couple of games. You know, you gotta, you gotta get used to your new players. Um, I think I was impressed with, with a lot of teams, and I think on a long season, uh, you can see Canberra United Academy, Wooden Western, and Wagga City fighting a little bit more for that for that top four spot, uh, which make us look forward to next season, right? It's what you want, isn't it? You want a competition which is going to be different every year, and and, and credit to Antti Jagger and Ichnis Belconnen team for the do- dominance that they put in that competition. They've raised the bar for everybody to try and get to that level. And we're seeing people get to that level. Canberra Croatia have got there. Gungarland aren't far away. Canberra United Academy getting up there as well. Canberra Olympic pushing on as well. Uh, so I think it's a credit to them and it's a credit to everybody in the division, the way they've responded, um, the way they've taken the game to, to Belconnen this year and gone, okay, we'll give it a crack. Um, and as I mentioned uh, not too long ago, um, bag- bags of talented players coming through the ranks at each team. You mentioned a few of them there and there's loads more to come. And it's a really exciting competition to, to be involved and to watch and looking forward already to next season even though this one's not quite done yet in the final series um, it's going to be great and before we mention the final series I'll ask you what I asked Frank and we'll see if you name half the uh, league like Frank did <laughs> so who have been some of the best players uh, for you this uh, MPLW season try and keep the list to under 30 Frank was <laughs> it's going to be a hard one we'll, we'll start with the keepers I think Kelly Tonini Christina Esposito were, were really strong I think it's almost easier for Christina Esposito or Bella Sanzaria Tegrenong to show how good they are because they considered a lot of opportunities. But Kelly Tonini in the defense that only um, only considered eight goals uh, has shown how good she is. And, you know, having a goal a goalkeeper coach obviously help. Uh, defensively, uh, Vanessa Ryan was great with Belconnen, um, Ella Hemings, Alice Churchill, Rihanna Fensum, uh, great speed and, and great physique. Unfortunately, that little mistake on the weekend, but other than that, she was flawless. It's only been two uh, two, uh, two weeks, but you've got to add Steffi Legions in there as well. Steffi Legions <laughs> as well, definitely. Uh, I think we've seen a lot of quality in the midfield. In the midfield, you've seen some dominance. Michaela Thornton, Krista Hagen, uh, Grace Gill, who plays both, uh, Alexia Forner, Emma Stumbery, for the few games that she's played, she showed that she has that, that technique. Uh, Tanya Miro, who's just a a very pleasant player to see, to, to watch play. She's very elegant on the ball. Um, there's a lot of players. And then up front, Brittany Palombi, who's, uh, 
who's one of the best goal scorers I've ever seen. Just the mentality of it, just how uh, how upset she was when she got served this weekend. So she so, was stuck on nine goals, wasn't she? Yeah, exactly. Joint top goal and boots, and yeah, she wouldn't have had that. She you just don't want the joint one. It runs in the family. Her sister Ashley was exactly the same. <laughs> Uh, but I think we've seen we've seen a lot of talent. Uh, yeah, I was trying to get a a, star, uh, a top eleven, uh, and, and up front I got I got six strikers: Tess, Vakari, Ashley, Sykes. We'll save that. I was going to say we'll save that for uh, for two weeks' time for our post uh, final show. I'd like to say that the players that you mentioned there as well. What's really pleasing about them is there's a whole real age range amongst all those players, and they're all really different types of players when you take it into consideration. There's no clones of each other there. They're all but bring different qualities to the to the team and it i asked you the same thing because of the review book that we put online each year and for, for an 11 and you must have been thinking about it for a while but you got it cost costing me very quickly and it's a superb side and i'm sure it will expand more of that in a couple of weeks but yeah it's uh, been a great year yeah, definitely and uh, also don't forget in midfield uh, stella demarca as well i've been seeing her, pr- her praises all season like her range of passing has has been absolutely incredible especially on the weekend as well like the match didn't it didn't stop, and I realised considering Canberra Croatia had to, um, they were all over uh, Gungal, and so I realised what she was trying to do was she was she wasn't trying to hit it straight to the um, to her players because she knew eventually uh, at this point Canberra Croatia had all the momentum, so they were going to take it immediately. So she tried to hit it just beyond them, and like some of her accuracies were absolutely fantastic. What I was going to say as well is a point that um, I've been involved in capital football now for, for numerous years and usually when you're looking at WMPL best 11 you're going his bell Connor yep. mm-hmm. and then the sprinkling yep. of a couple of other players that are in there to make to, to, to um, give it a bit of a flavour and a bit different because you could probably pick the, the first yeah. 11 from Belco. This year you've mentioned players from across a range of clubs and there was obviously players from other teams like Woden and Walker that we haven't mentioned as well that you, that could easily come into the yeah, discussions well, of the best players. I was going to say Rachel Harwick as well. Some they, they, yeah, yeah. Exactly, and the team that finished at the bottom of the pile. But it's it's great to see that there's far more players now that, that are home in this competition. And every time you go and watch a game, and I listen to you guys call it um, in the highlights when I've done my games, and it's great to watch the talent that's there. Indeed. Now let's move on to the semi-finals we have. We have... Canberra Croatia versus Canberra Olympic and we have Gungarland versus Belconnen. Of course we've seen both these games this season. One was a draw, that was Canberra that was um Belconnen versus Gungarland. And then of course we had the six three win for Canberra Croatia over Olympic and they started very early with a lot of intensity. Let's start with that one, Jeremy. How do you see this one playing out? Do you think Canberra Olympic will be a little more cautious considering what happened to the start of that game? You know, a couple five weeks ago I think it was now. Sure, and uh, Mr. Woodman was in the stands this weekend to watch Canberra Croatia versus Gungalin. I was texting him today saying sorry, <laughs> I, sorry, I couldn't say hi. I had to, um, I had to, I had to race to get back to the um, commentary box on time, and I got there just in time as well. <laughs> he, he was in there, and he's seen, uh, he's seen some things that I'm sure he'll, he'll take, uh, he'll take a peek off to, to try and beat the side. Look, Canberra Croatia is obviously the favourite, uh, but we know what Canberra Olympic can do. We, we were talking earlier, you and me, uh, Matt, about uh, Ash Sykes not being here and. If uh, potential will be here, sorry, should I say? Uh, and I think you know, if if she's not there, probably doesn't make a difference as far as Canberra Olympic and and their the way they want to play. They're going to play. They're going to have to play a little bit more defensive. They're going to have to to drop a little bit lower. Uh, you know, closing in on Grace Gill and Brittany Palombi and Grace Field and Sharon Chow and <laughs> and the whole Canberra Croatia team. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the danger comes from everywhere, right? To, to Canberra Croatia, that's my point. Um, which which is going to make it really hard for Canberra Olympic. But that pace that they have um, and counter attack will definitely be useful. Uh, it's just going to be a great game. It, I don't I don't 
I want to say Canberra Croatia is favorite, but we've seen so much from Canberra Olympic, and we've seen them improving so much week in, week out, uh, that I'd like to see how well prepared they're going to come on Sunday. Look, from a neutral point of view, another nine-goal thriller would be quite nice. Uh-huh. I'm sure from the coach's health point of view, it won't be. They'd like <laughs> it to be a little bit a little bit closer than that. I agree with what you're saying. I think the main, the main key for Canberra Olympic is to stay in the game as long as they can. They don't want to be chasing the game against that Canberra F, uh, Croatia side because, as you mentioned, what they've got on the break is, is quite phenomenal. And they've got quality throughout the park and they need to avoid what happened to Kangala on the weekend. If they do concede, the next five minutes is super important because that Canberra Croatia side, once they get one, they go hunting for more and more. And staying in the game for as long as they can will be great. Then they can utilise the quality of the players that they've got up front, the pace that they've got to cause one or two problems to, I think, not the slowest backline in the world, but I think Canberra Lincoln a bit quicker up front than Canberra Croatia are defensively. So it's going to be great. I might, my head says Canberra Croatia as well, to be honest. But from a, sorry, Nick Brosnic, but from a completely neutral point of view, it'd be great to see Canberra Olympic and Gungarland <laughs> in the final. Sure. <laughs> I've done, I've done uh, five women's grand finals in the last five years. <laughs> and it's been Belco and Canberra FC every single time. <laughs> All right. And next up, we've got Belcotto and Gungarland. What do we uh, think about this one, Jeremy? Ah, that's going to be a, that's going to be a very good game. Belconen probably has a bit of a chip on their shoulder now, losing twice this season. I'll, I'll, um, I would agree there, yeah. Yeah, and you you got some player like uh, like Jesse Arsha, like uh, Mickey the Mickey Thompson-Joy, who aren't used to lose, uh, and, and now they've lost twice, and they can't be happy. Um, so they're probably going to try and push to to get that win over Gungarin and probably to get a strong win. Uh, but Gungarin is not anyone we've seen it this season and they have they have pace they have physique um they're pretty good up front if they if they fix the one thing that they couldn't do this weekend which is trying to not have their winger committing so much into defense and being available for the for the counter attack they're going to be they're going to be a hard side to beat for Balkonen. Beware the wounded beast, isn't it? I mean, two, two defeats in a season is unheard of for Balkany United. And I think Ahmed Yugov and his team will look at that and they've got far too much quality to, to let that them get them down. A couple of weeks ago, or even at the start of the season, you look at this matchup and go, yeah, Balkany United are probably going to win. Um, they might still do, but they're going to have to fight every single way for it, every single inch, every single minute of the game. Um, Gungarland have got a really good opportunity. It's a one-off match. Um, they drew one all as you mentioned earlier in the year. Probably fortunate to be at one all when it was. Balconnell wasted a lot of chances, didn't they, in, in that game? But it's a 90-minute one-off match. Can Gunner United have more than enough quality to cause an upset, um, if we would even call it an upset, and knock out Balconnell? But don't write off Balconnell United sure. because there's too much quality in that side. And when they need someone to stand up, they generally find one or two of their more experienced players will. And it's, that's going to be an, another outstanding game. It's two great semi-finals to watch. Well, I'm going to put you guys on the spot. Who do you think uh, is going to be in the final? Um, I'm going to go with Gungarin and Canberra Olympic like Ross. <laughs> I would love to see Gungarin. I would love to see Gungarin and Canberra Olympic in the grand final. From from a purely purely selfish point of view, and from a from a way of growing the women's game, it would be fantastic if we got two brand new teams to experience the atmosphere of that day. You know, theoretically, realistically, though. Probably Canberra, Croatia, Balkan United, just because of the quality they've got in their sides. But yeah, hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm quite neutral. I, I think Canberra, Croatia, and Balkan have shown that they can be better. Um, but but any of those four teams in the grand final will give us a cracking game. They will be deserved. Mm-hmm. Any any of the four got there, they deserve to be there. I mean, if they can win a one-off game in the semi-final against anybody, you deserve to be there. And I just hope that we get games on the weekend that are decided by bits of magic rather than controversial decisions or you know errors by players so 
Well, it feels like the two matches we've seen this past weekend, then, where if, if Jeremy and I call it, it's going to be an absolutely uh, fantastic show to see. I'm sure you guys will be on it and it'll do a great job as usual. And uh, talking about those two matches, those I'll give you the proper times and whatnot. We've got Gungala United versus Belconnen United Sunday, 2 p.m. at Deakin Stadium. And then straight after that, at 4.30 p.m. on Sunday at Deakin Stadium, we have Canberra Croatia at Canberra Olympic. I'll try and leave the comm box nice and tidy for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the day before, that's, that's right. right. And then, of course, there are uh, two playoff uh, sort of playoff matches. We've got Wagga City Wanderers against Tarun United Saturday at Riverside Stadium. I don't have a time there. And then we've got Woden Western versus Canberra United Academy Saturday at Riverside Stadium. That's quite interesting, isn't it? I mean, yeah. uh, I'm not sure really... Um, they want extra games and, and it's going to be good for the players that haven't had much of a run this season to get a couple in. It's just end of season friendlies really, isn't it? So hopefully the coaches give a give a good run out to everybody that needs the minutes and they enjoy it. But yeah, it's, it's a strange one. In, indeed. And that's um, any last words on MPLW before we wrap up and move on to MPL2, Jeremy? Just looking forward to the last couple of games and, uh, and hopefully the... The coach are getting ready this week to give us a beautiful weekend. And if you're listening to this podcast in about 10 years' time and these players that we mentioned are all <laughs> playing for the Matildas and in the Super League, remember where you heard it first. <laughs> all right, and as always, MPL2. Got a bit of a treat for you, uh, MPL2 guys. Unfortunately, next week will be, um, for you guys anyway, there'll be a, it'll mostly be MPLW and MPL1 focused because that's when the finals will be after the podcast next week. It'll only be those finals because MPL2 finals have been pushed back a week due to the washed out games of the traveling teams like Ugali and Wagga. So thankfully they've moved it. So when the finals will be happening that weekend uh, for the final for the MPL1 and MPLW, the semifinals will be happening for MPL2, which I actually like because it sort of pushes it back and we get to focus on MPL2 as well. It gives us an MPL2 grand final to look forward to on Bar TV as well, a standalone event which it probably deserves and I'm really looking forward to that. And considering it hasn't been shown all season, I I think that they're they're more than no right for that one. It happened last year and we called the grand final um, and it was... uh, Oh, and you were in it, and, 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 and O'Connor Knights, yeah, and, and you were brilliant on the day. And it was really, it was a real pleasure on on uh, Saturday to stand up there on the commentary box and call that one. It's a good game. So yeah, yeah. Like I was saying, in terms of that, um, in terms of that one, uh, that's why I said this show will have a we'll have a few more interviews because uh, next week um, we'll have a pack show as it is, unless we want to be sitting here for two and a half hours. So uh, that's why we're going to have a little more interviews today with the MPL two coaches because next week. We'll still be talking about it, but there won't be as much uh, discussion compared to MPL1 and W. So this week we are making up for it. Let's, so let's just get straight into it, shall we? Like I said, um, those finals have been postponed, and I believe the final will be at Deakin Stadium. Um, sure, that's yet to be confirmed, but uh, that's a pretty good guess, I would say, at the moment. It would seem fairly likely. <laughs> Long way to travel for Ugali if they get here. Yeah, but I lo- they'll probably get an exemption for what I'm hearing in that regard. Talking about Ugali, they suffered their first defeat of the season Um on the weekend against Western Malongolo in Kudamandra. Sellers and Hines with the goals for Western Malongolo. Absolutely massive win for, for Ned Jean's side. I was talking to him earlier today. He, um, and I think it's really impressive considering they're not just undefeated Ugali this year. They've won every single match. So for Western Malongolo, a team who has been sort of up and down and don't forget at the start of the season, those first couple of matches, they lost some key players like their captain, Hawkins, and... Uh, their main centre-back, Arden Law, as well, to an injury, and there was another player also. So three players, you miss one before the season, two in the first couple of rounds, and they're your key players also. That sort of makes you struggle for depth. Um, Ned believes if he had a full squad, they would be pushing a little more for the four, and they weren't too far off pushing for the four. It was just a few uh, results in that regard. But I think they showed today that with a full-strength squad, 
that Western Malongolo can be in that top four uh, conversation for next year. Um, but Ugali, like I said before, the first defeat of the season, um, and of course, Queen Bien FC, uh, City lost as well. Um, Ugali will be playing um, ANU, which should be a good match on the weekend. Um, but Ugali, despite the loss, since Queen Bien City lost, this means they're top of the table. Uh, so look out for an interview uh, probably next week sometime with Luke Santolin, sort of similar to what I did with uh, Michael Zakoski, coach of Olympic under-23s for finishing top of the league, and same as Canberra Croatia president Tony um, Vidovic for finishing top of the league. What did you think of this result? A big win for Western Malonglo. Fantastic result for Nedjeans and Western Malonglo. It's not easy to go out to Kudamundra and get something coming mm-hmm. at the best of times. And to go out there and win 2-1, it was a bit bit like they played earlier in the year where they were really hard to break down and they were really difficult to score against they went through that run where they didn't concede a goal from open play for about four matches or something um and to go there and beat a ugali side which had been basically knocking the competition aside with fair with fairly eas- easily it to be honest um is a fantastic result for woden western um well, western for western <laughs> malonglo uh, there's some good players in that side. We mentioned it before. There's some players that have got Premier League experience as well, so it's hardly surprising that they've got um, good quality. You guys won't be overly upset by it. If you're going to lose a game, you may as well lose right now than in, in the finals. They've got enough quality to bounce back from that as well. Maybe the wake-up call that they need, though. Um, you know, you go through a season undefeated and sometimes you can believe your own hype a little bit and you do need a bit of a kick up the butt, so to speak. And they, they got one on the weekend, but credit to Ned Jeans and his guys. And... Yeah, like I said, unfortunately for them, it's come a bit too late for their push for the four, but something to build on for next season. It's like, remember that time we beat the side that could potentially be winning the grand final? Jeremy? Yeah, I think Western Wollonglo uh, put, on, put on the performance this weekend, right? Uh, not everyone's going to beat Yogali, and, and Yogali, I agree with, with Russ, it's the time to lose the game. They have another another pass maybe this weekend against uh, ANU, but, but after that, the, the real things are coming. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see if Ugali uh, bounce back, how they bounce back, because sure, they have the top of the league, uh, but there's a few tough games coming up, uh, and all those teams, uh, Waga City Wanderers and Canberra White, also ANU, whichever is going to go to the semi-final, uh, have been ramping up, ramping up over the season, so it's not the time for Ugali to rest on their laurels. Well, if Ugali beat ANU, that's it, uh, ANU don't make the finals, which... If you, I was, I was at the, I'll mention a little bit later, but I was at the game on the weekend, ANU v O'Connor, and they have that big banner, the ANU banner, where it has all their titles and whatnot. And as you can see, the last three, the, you know, obviously they won the last three titles. So for them not to even be in the top four is um, just sort of is a credit to the league this year and how competitive it's been, Russ. Yeah, huge surprise if they don't make it. Um, we 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 tipped them at the start of the season to be one of the sides that would would be there or thereabouts and. I still think they're a very good football side, and, and should they get into the four, which is not beyond the realms of possibility, they're playing a Ugali side, which are going to finish top, barring a, a ridiculous swing in the goal difference. Um, so it might be a Ugali side that, that rests a few players for the semi-finals. It might be a Ugali side that gives a few fringe players a run as well. So ANU's need is greater to win on the weekend, um, and they showed their quality again, beating a, a strong O'Connor Knight side three-one um, on the weekend. Uh, Hawker on the synthetic. They do like playing on the synthetic. <laughs> yeah, and you boys, it suits their game. They've got some good pacey players. Doesn't suit O'Connor quite so much. But great result for ANU, and I think they're going to push Ugali this weekend. And I actually have a sneaking feeling that they might get the three points they need. Well, uh, we'll mention it just a little bit later on. But if ANU win, they're, I'm pretty sure they're in the finals. I, I think that's how it mathematically goes because, of course, Wagga and 
Yeah, facing each other. White Eagles face each other. So if they win, that's it. They're immediately in the top four. But uh, before we get to that, I had a chat to Western Malonglo coach Ned Jeans earlier today. All right, uh, Ned, first and foremost, massive win for you guys yesterday, defeating the previously unbeaten Ugali 2-1. Uh, thoughts on how the game played out? season should have been. How would you reflect and sort of describe how your season went this year? Um, reflecting on it, probably uh, a big thing for us this year is the injuries. Uh, losing uh, Ryan Hawkins, our captain, in the second game against Wagga. Um, the next game against ANU, losing um, our starting centre-back in Harden Wall. Um, and then losing <laughs> uh, Tim Dehelian. Um, to an MCL injury as well. Just, um, I think having a full-strength squad, it probably showed in our first two, possibly three games that we probably should have been up around that top four with a full-strength squad. And um, it showed that our, our lack of uh, depth after injuries probably hurt us. Yeah. And the uh, the season's over now. I know you'll be playing, can, uh, you'll be playing um, Brenda Bella in one of those playoff games uh before we get on to the next question um how do you guys see that game what 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 are you guys hoping to get out of it um i think when we played brenda bella last time uh, we were very uh, unlucky probably not to get a not to get a win um and not to get a probably a decent size win i mean brenda bella played quite well but the football we played was quite good and we just weren't clinical enough so i um, I foresee us playing a, probably a good style of football again. Um, we're going to control the play a lot more than we did um, last time against them, but uh, I don't see re- uh, any reason why we couldn't get a good result from, from that game. And after that, that'll be it for the season for you guys. Do you guys have any plans for the off-season? What's the plan in terms of how you, uh, how you guys are going to approach the, uh, the, the next season? Um, so our pre-season will start quite early. Um, we'll probably start um, just getting the boys back around the club probably the last, maybe like two weeks of December um, and then maybe probably kicking off full-time, um, back into full-time training and trials um, around um, the third week back into January. So, yeah. And next up, we have another side that will be uh, contending uh, to make the top four, and that is Wagga City Wanderers, who defeated Narabunda 8-2 on the weekend. We had Brooker with four goals, Menza with a goal, Smith with a goal, and Berkeley with a goal. Um, massive win for Wagga, because not only does this put them above White Eagles and into third place, it gives them a slight, a slight edge in the driving seat. For example, if it's a draw on the weekend between Wagga and White Eagles, due to goal difference, Wagga will make, uh, will uh, automatically uh, go through, and so will White Eagles if, if of course, ANU lose. 
But if ANU win and this match is a draw, then Wagga stay, White Eagles are out of the top four. So... That's uh, clear. <laughs> there we go. Uh, there we go. So, um, so yeah, it's a, it, it, it is a big win for Wagga, uh, considering they did lose to Ugali last week. In terms of Narrabunda late, where we've said a bit, uh, a bit of a, another tough one for them. We've mentioned how they've had a smaller squad. It's hard for them to compete for the whole 90 minutes, considering they don't really have... They, have, they barely have uh, any players on the bench in that regard. So I guess for them in the offseason, it's all about sort of adding to the depth uh, of their squad so they can uh, compete for next season. Uh, what do you think about this result, Russell? Uh, Wagga City that we saw earlier in the year. Um, getting back to winning ways, scoring goals, plenty of them as well. Felt a bit sorry for Narabanda. They copped a bit of a hiding. And it was what um, Wagga City needed because what they've done now is they've made sure that they go into that final game with the Eagles needing a point. And a point gets them a place in the top four, irrespective of whatever else happens elsewhere. And these wide eagles on the edge. Um, you know, Matt Mentz has been excellent for them this season. He's been absolutely outstanding. Uh, I've known Matty for a long time, and he has a, this verve and effervescence for the game. Um, he loves it. We went. To, he was part of the Tuggeranong squad that I was assistant coach with when we went to the FFA Cup in South Hobart, Melbourne, mm-hmm. victory. And he's still going on. He's still kicking on. Um, Helping, helped with a group of players around him that are just playing some wonderful football. I mean, to get four goals in any game is great. And Brooker, as you said there, grabs four more and, and they, they turned it on in the second half. I think they overran Narabunda. Narabunda were in it at one stage. I think it was 3-2 at the break and they were in the game. But the Wagga City's extra, extra fitness, extra um, pace really saw them home and they're in a great position now against the White Eagles, as I said, only needed that point. Important for them to bounce back as well, be it against Narabunda. They had lost... Uh, the last two games to, to Ugali and Quimbian City uh, and they desperately need those points to be able to be in the run for the for the finals, right? So I think it's a, it's a great result for Wagga City Wanderers. Obviously, the experience of a Matt Mensah will help whenever you've just come out of two of two defeats. Uh, it's good to see them where they are and it's going to be an exciting game this weekend. And next up, we have ANU, uh, like Russ just quickly mentioned before, 3-1 win over O'Connor Knights, Manly Deans, uh, Twy- Twyford, with the goals and then Hawker with the goal for O'Connor Knights. I was um, at this game. It was actually a nice uh, sunny afternoon uh, for once, <laughs> watching uh, watching the games. Um, uh, the first goal occurred from a foul on the edge of the box and then it was a free kick from ANU. Beautifully crossed and then a beautiful header in by uh, by Manly. ANU, in all honesty, should have gone 2-0 up uh, a lot sooner than they did. Uh, O'Connor, there was a moment where O'Connor had sort of a back pass and it was into uh, a failed back pass intercepted by the ANU player. Shot just wide. O'Connor, uh, in that first half, O'Connor did have... It was probably shared possession, but O'Connor definitely... Um, but O'Connor didn't have the same sort of chance that ANU did. And then O'Connor started the second half a lot better, a lot more flair, sort of like the O'Connor we saw last season and in this middle stretch, um, uh, in this middle part of this season. Um... And they seem to have scored an equaliser, but the ref, I believe, it was hard to tell from where I was, but uh, from talking to a few people after the game, they believe that the ref called the ball out when uh, the O'Connor player went to cross it in for a tap, uh, to cross it into the other player for a tap in. I thought it looked like an offside. I thought it was an offside, but apparently it was, the ball was called out. And I guess if if O'Connor got that goal, one-one, they could have been uh, back in it. The ref made his decision though, and straight after that, it was all ANU. ANU had chance after chance after chance in the space of about 10 minutes you could see Jim Dawson was just going oh because oh, you know that at that point they knew that o- O'Connor could have easily scored a goal and then that would have been then done for finals but Crete knew they soldiered on and then once they got the other goal they got the other goal in um, quick fashion and 
especially in that last sort of stretch um, of that match, I thought ANU played some real quality football. Uh, like I said, it's my first uh, season covering MPL 2, and I've been quite impressed with quite a few of the teams. But I definitely have seen in the couple of matches that I've seen ANU, I definitely saw that quality that, um, Russ, uh, you've uh, talked about so highly when you've called ANU in the past. Um, what do you think about this result? Of course, it was going to be hard for O'Connor to make the top four, considering how the results went their way at the start of the season. They're going to miss out, uh, but for them, like they've mentioned several times, um, if there's a season for them to miss out on the top four, it's this one, considering no promotion. But um, credit to ANU, puts them in a position where if they win this weekend, they're in the top four. Yeah, and they're a, difficult pro- a different proposition when they've got all their players on the park. And it's good to see Chase Deans back amongst the goals as well. Outstanding footballer. And you look at the lineup they had out there on the weekend. Max Model was in there as well. Jan Voina at the back, uh, Mark O'Neill, uh, Rowan Peterkin. They've got all their big guns out and running, and they've got a result under their belts this week. And as I mentioned, I jumped the gun slightly earlier. Um, I think they're going to get a result this weekend against Ugali. I think their need is greater. And when they get into that top four, you wouldn't write them off because they've just got so much experience of winning finals football and they just come up with, with the goods when they need it. It's going to be tough against Ugali this weekend. It will be. Um, I think if anybody can match ANU in terms of the way they play and in terms of pace they play at and, and, and the, the fluidity they play with, it is Ugali. Um, I think ANU like playing O'Connor. O'Connor play a slower kind of possession-based game and ANU can, can hit them really hard on the break and, and quickly. And We saw that in the grand final last year and we saw that in a couple of games they played against them recently as well. So... Disappointing for O'Connor, as you said in your wrap-up there, though, Matt, I think they've, they've kind of written off this season. They've gone, OK, it's not going to happen because we definitely want promotion. Hopefully they can regroup next year and, and kick on because um, uh, um, Miro and Alex Trinich uh, are, are building a decent squad there with some really good players. Yeah, I think I think ANU is uh, it's like on uh, the end of the World Cup, right? They just won their round of 16. They got a quarterfinal this weekend against Ugali, and then they can make it to the semifinal and the final, uh, which which is probably exciting for a group of player uh, who's been defending tremendously, been best defense in in NPL too. Uh, maybe where they were, I guess, a bit less prolific was uh, offensively, and scoring three goals this weekend is the best way to get ready for a for a game against uh, Ugali. And the last match we have to mention in MPL 2 this round is Queanbeyan City going down to Brindabella Blues. 3-2, Kersberg and Walker with the goals for Queanbeyan City. Massive win for Brindabella. Uh, they've been on the end of some, some good performances, but they haven't always been able to sustain it for 90 minutes, is what Zoran told me, or you hear the uh, interview very shortly. And the idea, I guess, for them this year, don't forget they did come last last season, so it was all about improvement, and that's what Zoran wanted to do. This is his first season in the club. He was he just wanted to improve this team at the very least. And I, it's it's been sort of up and down in terms of results, but they have had a lot of moments in games where they've shown some real quality and they've uh, tried to come back as well. I've, seen, I've heard, talked to a couple of different people who are at some of these games, and they said, well, I know the score's 4-2, but... Um, Jeez, Brindabella put a put a good shift in to try and come back or get very close until it was an equaliser. So I've heard a lot of good accounts of Brindabella's performances. I guess for them it's about putting it to sustain for 90 minutes like they did today, try and do this and build for next season. But Zoran's building, if they can add a bit more depth as well and build on what they've got, Zoran's got a good um, team for next season. And then, of course, Queenman City will be a little bit disappointed with this loss, though, considering... Um, if they won, considering Ugali lost, they put themselves in a position where it would have pressured Ugali to get to get a result against ANU. But now, like we said, um, this will con- uh, this will mean that they are second 
on the table. So, Russ, what did you uh, think about this result? Big win for Brindabella. Fantastic win for Brindabella Blues. An outstanding performance from Zoran and his team to get three points at Queen Bin. It's always a difficult place to go. We shouldn't be surprised, though. They went there pre-season um, when we had that little <laughs> little second pre-season and, and they won there in a friendly as well. So maybe that they like playing at the Riverside Stadium. But when you look at terms of results, and I mentioned Canberra United Academy beating Belconnen as one of the surprise results of the season in the men's competition... This is exactly the same in in the um, sorry in the women's competition. This is exactly the same in the men's. This is probably the result of the season in MPL two um, for Brinda Bella. Queenie City, uh, yeah, like I said, they've they've lost out, missed out on a chance of uh, getting into the top four, um, the getting that top spot on that ladder. But again, it's not terminal for them. They'll be okay. They'll they'll sit in there. They'll recover. And we mentioned it with Ugali. Good time to lose a football match. Yeah, mm. they may as well lose it now. The next week when it's the semi final time. Still a very strong, cover. very strong uh, season though. Either way for Queensland City, despite um, just finishing second, they've 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 improved from last season as well in that regard. They're back where they used to be yeah. and, where, and where they where they will feel that they belong is up near that top of that table and pushing for that promotion spot when it comes back in next season. And and it's going to be a really quality group of uh, sides trying to trying to push into that. Yeah, very encouraging for uh, for Brindabella Blues to to come down from two one at halftime against Queen Bee and yet win the goal anyway, win the game anyway. Sorry, uh, which which not a lot of teams have been able to do against Queen Bee in this season. Uh, very encouraging for Brindabella to finish the season. Uh, and like we said, you know, Queen Bee and City again just use their pass uh, and are going to be able to bounce back this weekend for the for the semis next weekend. Sorry, for the semis. Indeed, and I had a chat to Brindabella coach Zoran Glovenich earlier today. So, Zoran, massive win for you guys on Saturday night in a pretty close game against uh, Queanbeyan City 3-2. What did you make of uh, how the game played out? Um, overall, I was really pleased with the outcome and the, uh, the results in the game. Uh, it showed that we finally can play 90 minutes and can go ahead and get three points, uh, which is extremely pleasing from my uh, my point of view as being the coach. Um, uh, in regards to um, the results, I thought it was a fair result. Um, I thought we probably should have gone uh, maybe one or two ahead early in the 10 minutes, but um, they scored a cracker um, from a corner again from outside the box, and we, we then continued to fight and uh, tried to create chances ourselves, which was uh, really, very really pleasing to me. And you described saying that you're happy that you guys have put in a full 90 minutes. Uh, so, that, you know, you guys have, you know, you, you got to win early on as well. You also got to draw and you've had some, you know, some positive uh, pieces of play throughout some of the games that you haven't won either. So how would you describe how this season has been for you guys? Obviously, it's been a short and a convoluted season due to, due to the circumstances that have happened. But how do you feel your side has sort of built, um, has built this season? Or how do you just describe your side in general this season? Okay, so uh, in regards to describing the season, is that it was you know, when we first talked uh, a number of weeks ago, or eight, nine weeks ago, we were talking about developing the team. And uh, I feel that uh, this team has developed, um, you know, with uh, the 22 to 23 players that we've had come and uh, participate and play at the first grade level. Um, we talk about having young players and um, I think we can now move on and say that they're no longer young players and they've played, you know, eight or nine games. Um, and we're building, we're building. Um, and it's really great that we can, you know, go out and improve on what the Brindies did last year and uh, the feedback that I get constantly from, you know, coaches and 
and um, and uh, you know, coaches and managers from other teams to say that we do play good football. It's just being consistent every week is is the issue, you know. So you know, on the weekend at Saturday night at five thirty, we can go and perform and beat Queen City three two. And uh, fortunately for us, we did that early in the season. But um, you know, playing the big boys, the ANU, the White Eagles, uh, the O'Connor Knights, and Ugali and Wagga, who are the you know, top five teams uh, or six teams, uh, sometimes we can't perform. Um, and results have shown that, which is uh, a little disappointing for me. But uh, overall, I'm pretty pleased with the season. And uh, the two wins and a draw um, from the eight games is uh, very, very pleasing. And um, I'm you know, looking forward to 2021. Yeah, and you mentioned 2021 there. So, what is your uh, the season's over for you guys at the moment? Is there, are you guys doing anything planned for the off season? Any or anything oh, so like that? One more game, Matt. Mike's um, Annie's. We play one more game in two weeks. Um, seven plays eight. So, we'll be playing, I believe it's Western Longway. So, uh, we are, uh, well, I'll be looking for it. Other players will be looking. I'll finish off the season. Uh, I hear they had a good result on the weekend, so uh, it's going to be a tough match. And um, so that's the first step is to uh, get over that one and have a good result there. And then, and then we'll just look at the season with the technical director and some other, you know, the, the committee there and see if we can uh, bring a couple of more under 18 players into the squad and uh, hopefully we can develop and maybe get a... One or two signings through the the middle of the spine as we all speak, and some of our injured players come back, and uh, hopefully we can uh, you know progress and move forward in twenty twenty one. I also had a uh, quick chat to Queen City coach Luca Oida earlier today. Okay, so first and uh, foremost, not a uh, close game of the weekend, not the result you would have uh, liked for going down against uh, Brinda Bella. How do you how do you make of how the game played out? Injury, so I think that affected us a bit. And we had one of our key players who um, pulled up lame on the on the Tuesday session. So not that it's an excuse, but I just didn't have the depth I think that we um, normally had, and um, we were a little uh, disconnected going in. But in saying that, I thought Brindabella played really well. They um, dominated certain parts of the game, as did we. We had opportunities in Saturday, and unfortunately, it just didn't go our way. Maybe the motivation wasn't as high as it normally would be either, knowing that the boys have got a um, top four spot. But in saying that, if we did get the three points, it could have been the premiership, couldn't it? Yeah, it would have been. It would have been first. It could have been first place. But Ugali do have to play again um, this well, it weekend. Would have, it, would have, it would have applied a bit of pressure on them, wouldn't it? Oh, without a doubt, yeah. To, they would have had to come away with the result. But now, either way, win or lose, um, it's really in um, a news court, isn't it? If, if if they win the game, then they they make the top four. Yep, yep, without a doubt, and um, yeah, yeah, either way, because even if uh, it's a draw between White Eagles and Wagga, then then White Eagles will um, be eliminated in that regard. And uh, considering you just mentioned there, you guys have confirmed second place, though, uh, with no more regular season games to play. How would you assess how your team has um, gone this season, finishing second? Quite a good achievement. Um, I think it was a really good achievement. I think the, the group of guys are a great bunch of guys. It's my first year with them. Uh, they're very motivated to win. They're very passionate about what they do. Uh, more so passionate than probably anywhere else I've been in Canberra, to be honest. They, um, 
they're willing to learn, uh, they're open, they work for each other, and, and they're, they're, they're generally a good bunch of boys. And uh, considering how next week's results go, you will face either Wagga, White Eagles, or ANU in the semi-final. What are your uh, quick thoughts on all three of those sides? Wagga, ANU, or... Or uh, White Eagles. Well, we played all three. Um, we've beaten all three, but uh, in saying that, I think all three were pretty close games. Uh, you know, they were quite competitive games. Uh Going in, that mentality is going to have to be the same. I, you know, I, I can't see the boys taking it lightly. But as I said, they're motivated to, to get the result and get to the final. Um, you know, but it's final football. Anything happen, can it? You, you just can't uh, eliminate anybody. Uh, we've got a few little hurdles we're to get over with uh, a few little niggles and injuries, and we'll see how we go. Uh, and that may also play play a factor in the result too. All right, and uh, this is our MPL2 round six catch-up fixtures for next week. Like we said, it got moved back. We've got Canberra White Eagles against Wobber City Wanderers Saturday, 3 p.m. at Woden Park in close. That should be a cracking matchup. And ANU versus Ugali, 2 p.m. at Gissing Oval in Wagga. Um, so they are two intriguing matches, to say the least. Of course, this all matters for what is going to be the semifinals the week after. So, guys, thank you very much for joining me. It's been an absolutely uh, fantastic show, as always. And next week, we're going to have a pretty big show, to say the least. Frank Cage is going to be back on the show. Uh, Ross you two will be previewing what happens in the MPL1 final, and we'll know what that final will be at the uh, by the show next week. I'm just, just going to wrap up and say that we've got, what, four men's comp matches next week, two women's semifinals, and two MPL2 games. So we've got eight games in Canberra and the surrounding region. Every single one of them is important mm-hmm. for one, one reason or another. Um, incredible. It's great to see, and we're really looking forward to uh, coming back and chatting about them all next week and looking forward to commentating on games this weekend and looking forward to the grand finals. Thanks for having me again. Uh, as always, Russ, uh, you, Jeremy? Yeah, thanks for having me as well, Matt. Yeah, so excited about this weekend. Uh, four games, two games sorry, in, uh, on Saturday and four games on Sunday. That uh, you know, I'm, I'm almost sad that I'm going to be commentating the two games because I can't watch the other ones. <laughs> uh, obviously, I'm looking forward to commentating those two semi-final games that are going to be cracking. Uh, you know, watch watch them on Bar TV or on the YouTube channel of Capital Football. Don't miss out of any of those minutes coming out this weekend. Thank you very much, guys, and thank you very much to everyone for listening. Uh, we've got Twitter as well now, so sort of, uh, follow our Twitter, Eminem Podcast, of course, on Instagram and Facebook. Look out for those. Um, look out for those interviews. I'm going to have probably one with Nick Brosnich, middle of the week for the MPLW, Canberra Croatia finishing first, and also one for Ugali finishing first as well. Thank you very much, everybody. Uh, Apple, uh, Apple uh, Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, you can tune in on us too if you guys want to listen to us on a different platform. Thank you very much. Next week is going to be absolutely massive, and I look forward to chatting to, chatting to everyone about it. Thank you very much.